a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. This is the Southwick wrap-up. The Wick is back. and pumped to uh, to talk about it and uh, looking forward to, uh, to giving, us, giving you guys our thoughts on what happened in the sands of Southwick. MotorcycleSuperstore.com, passionate team. They speak moto from talking about going riding, bench racing from their latest company ride, and they have the latest parts and gear. Uh, this is the place to go to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands in the in the sport, whether it's gear, accessories, tires, parts, or apparel. Of course, the Motorcycle Superstore team with Top Jimmy scored points yesterday for the first time all year. And also Kyle Cunningham with another good finish. Uh, the Motorcycle Superstore Suzuki team as well. They're out there. And uh, if you use the code PB-PULP16, peanut butter, PB dash pulp 16 you can save 10 percent on participating brands at motorcyclesuperstore.com so support the podcast by subscribing to racer x magazine and going to motorcyclesuperstore.com and fox racing presented by fox racing official gear of ryan dungy kenny roxon and uh, and many more foxhead.com the global innovation leader in motocross racewear continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate it's fox racing folks Foxhead.com. All right, thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, let's get right into Southwick wrap-up. Of course, I'm Steve Mathis. Uh, joining me on this Sunday night to uh, discuss Southwick is the voice of AMA Motocross, the voice of Endurocross, the voice of GNCC, the Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah. Don't forget ATV Motocross also, please. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, forgive me. Yeah. Forgive me. Speaking of ATV yeah. Motocross, uh, Fly Racing Zone, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Yeah, we're heavily involved in oh. ATV motocross. We and I are like blood brothers. Fly racing. That's right. Would it be far to say, would it be out of line to say that fly racing simply dominates ATV motocross racing? No. No, I don't think there can be any disputing that as far as apparel. That's what I mean. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for, uh, for, thanks for listening. So Southwick, I didn't make it. I'm bummed I didn't make it. That sucks. Um, thanks for all. You, for, thanks for everybody for caring. Um, I'm doing better, and I, I probably could have caught the red eye that got, put me into Hartford at 9 a.m. and straight to the track. And Weege, hopefully you're not going to dock my pay for not being there. Well, I, I don't know if we pay you. Do we pay you? Mm-hmm. So, hey, yeah. you're, you're yeah. safe. Um, Many fans, though, did ask. I did have people at They even knew about the back injury. Oh, they did? They knew about the yeah. back They knew yeah, I was on the DL. After- <laughs> Yeah, after the second moto, uh, like three or four people asked if you made it. What about the how's the back injury? Yeah. And then each one of them, each one, all three, 100%, this is a focus group, but 100% of them then threw in a joke about, well, that back's got a lot to support. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. That's, that's, the, that's the listeners, everybody. Um, yeah, I really wanted to go. It was awesome to be back on the circuit. Um, and I guess first up, Weege, 
Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. What was the mood with people uh, for Southwick coming back? Like, what what kind of talk was there? Was everybody pretty pumped? Um, you know, the, uh, the track was back in its original direction, which was awesome. And uh, they brought some sand in, which was needed. Uh, what was the mood with the teams? It was awesome, obviously, to be back. There's tons of history there, and the fans were great. I mean, just so many old-school people that told me that they had been there, you know, in the 70s, and they had never missed one, and they never thought it would be back. And, you know, they've had a lot of races there over the last year and change, and they get huge turnouts. And, dude, they're getting, like, 38 rider pro gates on, like, random local weekends. Like, what is the secret there that no other region of the country has anymore? So that's all good. Um, the track... The track, it's weird, and I'm sure we'll get into this quite a bit. Uh, so much talk about where is the sand. It looks sandy. There's no doubt about it, and parts of the track are sandy. But the inside of the corners and some other sections completely, it was baffling everyone with the hard base. And I don't think this is actually new this year. I think it was the same thing they had in 2013, but with three years of forgetting about it. It's like right. you just keep – we're going back to the sand, right? And then they ride it, and they're like, whoa, this is – Bizarre. And then one other issue, um, even though it's the same old track and the same old place, and that vibe is awesome. I mean, there's nothing quite – Southwick is unique with the baseball field, the elementary school, and the yeah. middle-of-nowhere type quaint towns. It had all that. Nothing had changed. It was awesome from that perspective. But what's weird is it is a new group running it, and they're respected people. Mike Treadwell is helping lay power cables, and John Dowd is building the track. And I think the majority of the work actually – Business-wise, came from uh, Keith Johnson and his dad. I mean, these are OG NESC racers. They know Southwick better than anyone. But from what I heard, they did an awesome job bringing the track back to life, the actual racetrack. But technically, these people had never promoted a national-level race. They had never Mm -hmm. worried about trash cans or parking or security or fences or cutting grass or (laughs) vendors. So I think that was it was much more like – a first-time race than you would think, considering it's a track we've been to a million times. But there uh-huh. were some some growing pains that I'm sure they'll fix next year. JT Treddy was laying cable out there, and Scotty Cotter <laughs> working the dozer. Yeah, it was it was such more of a throwback race than I think they could have ever intended, just because of how it all laid out. I think it's awesome those guys to be that involved all these years later. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see. Uh, you're right, though, Weege. Um, they brought sand in. You know, which is good, and they probably need to bring more in. But there was tons of guys back end stepping out on them. I don't know if you noticed that JT or Weege, but the lots of guys coming in turns, kind of on the inside or the middle, and all of a sudden, poof, the rear wheel steps out on them because it's just nothing there to grab. Um, so I noticed that a yeah. few times. Yeah, it was uh, really challenging, I think, too, because if it was basically like. You know, what really compounds it is then they want to go with that scoop sand tire. And, JT, as you probably know, that tire does not offer a lot of side bite. It's awesome forward traction in sand, but if you hit some hard pack and you try to turn. Uh, so then they're like, man, some guys were trying to go to the soft, the more intermediate to soft tire, but then the start's not going to be good. Uh, it was a real dilemma because um, you just could not use the insides with yeah. that paddle tire. Uh, but actually, in a way, it's kind of cool because I don't remember the last race where you saw so many head scratchers on setup and what tire are we going to run, how are we going to set the bike up. Like, dude, at this time of the year, they're pretty much just running the same thing every week. So it was kind of neat from that perspective. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it throws a wrench into the series, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, for me, JT, I don't know about you, but as a mechanic setting up bikes, always set your bike up for the start. If you're, like, questioning which way to go, 
go with the thing that the setup that makes your bike start better and deal with yeah, the rest. And, <laughs> yeah, and on this track, unfortunately, you know, you just have to go with the full scoop, I think, and I'm sure most people did. Uh, the drive that you get, and, and most people probably haven't ridden a full scoop and stand before because it's so impractical, you know, most of the time. But the difference in drive between, you know, say like a on the Pirelli side, like a 32 mud versus a full scoop. I mean, it's it's light years different. It's it's really really big. You saw Cooper Webb um, switching tires uh, or Justin Barsha, excuse me, switching rear tires during practice. And you could see immediately he's like he came in after a lap and's like I gotta I gotta go to the full scoop here because it's such a big difference as far as drive goes. And yes, you do lose uh, you lose some side bite, you lose a little bit of feel, you know, quote unquote feel. Um, and the rear is very susceptible to stepping out without any notice at all. But like you said, Steve, on the start and then on straight straight line drive, it's just such a huge difference that you just can't look past it. Yeah, well, it's good to see Southwick back for sure. So. Maybe, right. maybe like, yeah, like get Scotty Carter and Tony LaRusso to do some security and get some cans. And, hey, park some cars. Hey, Bob. We'll, Pat- we'll take care of the garbage. You just can take care of the track. Hey, Patty Barton. Patty Barton, you run the parking lot. Go park the cars, Patty. Uh, that's good. Uh, I do miss the days of the locals running running up there, too. You just don't see that anymore. Uh, Jason Brooks was a, fan, a popular fantasy pick uh, guy. He went 15 DNF, so... Um, you know, Barton almost won a moto. LaRusso got fourth or third, I think. Treadwell and uh, and KJ and, of course, Dowdy and Henry, you know, always. I don't think Dowd and Henry really count because they were world-class riders anywhere, you know. But the other guys. Remember, uh, remember LaRusso leading there for like 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think when that was, like early mid-90s, 95 like, maybe. I want to know. I think it, I was there. Yeah, so it would have been 98. No, 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 no. Because that was no, it wasn't that late. It would have been it would have been ninety six at the latest. Ninety six, yeah, ninety six. I was there. Yeah, Yogi went down the first turn and absolutely rode an amazing race. I think he got second or something. But I remember Yogi on a Suzuki run down the first turn and just worked everybody coming up. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's good to be back. And um, you know, who else is back is Eli Tomac. That second moto was awesome. What a what a race that second moto. They had over a minute on Barsha. Eli Tomac goes one one. And we, you said this in our group text last night. It's almost, it's not. I'm sure Kenny Roxa doesn't feel this way, but at least he doesn't lose a perfect season on a on a fork malfunction. You know, uh, yeah, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little relief. Maybe a little. I think uh, I talked to uh, Kyle Bentley, the team manager over there, quite a bit after the race, and I mean, as good as Kenny's been, I think they know. Oh man, there's certain tracks like Daytona and this one. Like Tomac's just going to be really good. So if you do get beat. He can't be super pissed. I mean, Tomac's just really good at his track, and he is Eli Tomac. He's not slouch, so sometimes yeah. it happens. Great, but he, Eli passed Kenny in both motos. Um, yeah, but I don't. I don't. I was reading some stuff on Vital. It's probably a bad idea. But when you're home for for the weekend, you you get bored. Um, so people are like, "This is the start of Kenny's second half swoon." Here we go. I, I'm not having it. Uh, great job by Eli Tomac, but I'm not having it. JT, this was just the sand race that. Tomac was better at. Yeah, and I think the first moto, uh, there may have been some cause for concern. Um, you know, Eli just dropped him pretty bad. I yeah. mean, he obviously broke him. You know, in racing terms, he broke him. And then, uh, I mean, he was 25 seconds up, I saw on the board, which is kind of, you know, funny because that's that big number we were throwing around after Red Bull with, with Roxon doing that to those guys. 
so I thought that was a bit of irony. But um, the second moto, you know, he obviously complained about the bike, or and and obviously you could talk about that forever, whether it's valid or not. But the second moto, he was he was legitimately there uh, for every bit of the race. And yes, it wasn't the level that he's been at in other races where he could either hold Eli off or simply pull away. But it was a different level than he showed in the first moto, where yeah. he he just looked like he didn't have anything for him in the first moto. And whether that's bike or him, it's relevant. It's all it's all the same package. It all has to work together. Um, but the second moto, he was there. I mean, it was it was everything that Eli wanted more because that last lap he pushed him, you know, to the limit. Yeah, so, no, they had a minute on Barsha. Yeah. They had a minute. Right. I, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be anything where this is going to be a you know. Uh, just a signature change in the series, no, but I think it no. may give Eli some confidence to where maybe we'll see some more wins traded between the two. Maybe, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Maybe, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not, I, um, I don't think it's a big moment in the series or anything. I just think it's right. maybe it's going to shine some light where Eli can get in there and steal a moto here and there. How, we did you go talk to Sternstrom and, and well, Dan Fay, he's a pretty happy guy, anyways. Win or lose, did you talk to John Tomac or Sternstrom or any of those guys? They had to be relieved. No, not after we had uh, the press conference there, and and, uh, and uh, Chase Stella went. But it's the weird thing with Tomac, for example. I mean, you just don't. It's Tomac's deal. It's just so stoic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I get to the press conference, and I'm like, Oh, was Eli saying how pumped he was, or how relieved he was, or how big this was, or how good it felt? And everybody's like, No, not really. It's <laughs> like, yeah. just Eli Tomac. He's just a machine. Cyborg. Well, well after Redbud, I was talking to Sternstrom because I got I got to do a podcast with Sternstrom. I, I don't know how much you talk to him, JT, but Weege and I have the guy is phenomenal to talk to. Just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, well, I think he's a breath of he's a breath of fresh air as far as honesty and he is. He is right. Also, a world class bobblehead collector. I don't know if people knew that for reals. One of the one of the biggest bobblehead, most prestigious bobblehead collections in the world. There's a there's a world class for that. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. Right. Um, I didn't know there was a class at all. I, went to World class. I was talking to Sternstrom after Red Butt, and Eli walked up, and, you know, we kind of we got quiet for a little bit, and Bruce is like, you know, kind of gave him like a high five, and then was like, we'll get him, we'll get him. And Eli's like, just kind of silently nodded. And I'm like, uh, yeah, not too happy about going 2 2. And Eli goes, nope. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you know, guys like that, they're just not paid. That's not, they're not paid to go 2 2. Uh, and get worked like that. So that's why I think maybe stoically in the media he's he was uh, you know putting on a brave face. I, I, yeah, this had to been driving him nuts. I think it was. Well, think, think about how long these two have been in this rivalry, and it's been a pretty friendly rivalry. And I don't know if friendly is the right word, but uh, maybe civil rivalry. Um, there hasn't been a lot of nasty words thrown back and forth. There hasn't been a lot of contact made between the two to stir things up. So going back three or four years now, these guys have been going at each other for, for championships, and they've been very close, and, you know, each of them have had their turn having the upper hand. You know, on the 250, I feel like Eli was the better guy, and he, he proved that out. Uh, and then, you know, this year, uh, Kenny's proven that he's the better guy, and, and he's proven that out. So it's been going back and forth for a long time, so I think that the the rivalry runs pretty deep between these two, and, and you almost want to see somebody do something out of line just to heat things up because it seems like no one no one talks bad about the other guy. No one mm-hmm. says anything. And you almost just want to drop Cooper Webb into this thing and set it off, you know, like a wildfire because I think you know, some attitude like Cooper has into that a rivalry like that could really add some entertainment. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty respectful of each other for sure. Yep. Yeah, but it's been going on so long. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy yeah. You really yeah. For, for a rivalry to go on this long, usually it gets – pretty heated, right. or there's some deep-seated hatred behind the scenes, like we've all seen. You know, we, we have a 
a better glimpse than most people of that. Um, even if they put on a, a, a nice face on the outside, there's usually some, some ill will on the inside. And I haven't really ever got that feeling yep. between these two. So it's kind of strange. Uh, Bogle pulled both hole shots, Weech, and then said afterwards, how do you spell douche in French? Uh, he was not happy with Purcell's move on him. <laughs> I, I think Barsha may know. And then Barsha wasn't so pumped with Marvin. Or Marvin wasn't so pumped with Barsha, I imagine, um, with his move. Did you get any sides of those two stories? Uh, yeah, I know Bogle was not happy, but um, I, I think I think Marvin, I, I don't think Marvin had an issue. Um, I think he kind of felt like Barsha was there and he ran into the back of him, you know, kind of a, no, I don't think he blamed Barsha, let's put it that way. It was more of a, he was there, he's in the lot, I bumped into him, I fell down. Yeah. Um, not saying he made a mistake, but more of a, I think, racing incident. I mean, I was talking to the Gibbs guys, and they're like, no, no one at the, even Frankie, was, no one was mad or right. or anything like that. Uh, but I do kind of feel, we talked about Muscan last week, battling Baggett and some other guys, and then what happened with Bogle. I almost feel like when he went down with Barsha that a lot of riders are going to watch that clip on TV today or tomorrow and be like, yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, Cooper Webb, I'm sure, will be pumped. A lot of guys probably going to be pumped on that. Uh, Bogle, that's four straight hole shots. He led five laps. Um, so, you know, fourth place in the and first you know, after he fell, he got back. Like, okay, so that was the first lap, right? So he must yeah. have been almost last, I would right. think, by the yep. time he got up. Yep. He got back to, like, 12th or something, and then he crashed really bad, and then he was done. And then he's done, but yeah. He yeah. He was 35th to 12th or something, yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, he wrote well. Porcel's move was was worse than Barsha's for sure. You agree, JT? Porcel like gassed and took out the front front wheel out of nowhere. Yeah. Any anytime you're accelerating and aim for somebody's front wheel, or <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if aiming is the right word. Yeah. But anytime you yeah. make contact with somebody's front wheel under acceleration, that's yeah. going to be the worst of the two. You know, yeah. both with Barsha, they were both braking. It was very slow. I mean, Marvin literally fell over. At a, he was soft. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bogles, those are the kind you get, you can get hurt pretty badly. Uh, how was Barsha after the race? Weech? Was he okay with the third, six, three for third, or was it more bumming? Cause he got beat so bad. No, I don't think it was total bumming. Cause that, like, I think at least they feel that they've made some progress. And I also think, I mean, dude, want, it was a minute, 11 seconds. So I don't, I don't think it was like it made the difference in winning and losing, but he went down in the first turn, that first moto. And he said he was pretty spent even going to the line in Moto2. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I don't think if, we, if he had more energy, it would have made up a minute and 11 seconds. But no, it, it wasn't his best effort, and I think they felt they made some progress. Funny, talking to more uh, people over there, talking to J-Bone and stuff, you'd be surprised a lot of these bike issues they're working through uh, is uh, switching from Air, Sport, Air Force to Spring Forks and then trying to test those and make that work. Is there a team that has not been affected by this? At some point, the Air Force break. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> is that what Phil's Phil's deal was in the first moto? A suspension issue? No, no, I don't. Uh, no, uh, I, I, I don't. No, no, I just mean uh, like with Barsha. I just was like, hey, why aren't you? Why aren't you just running what worked last year? Is that just not? Is that just impossible in racing? But I want to start the most basic question. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, for for whatever reason, this year Barsha was getting arm pumped with the Air Force, and he wasn't last year. So we switched to Spring Forks, and the arm pump went away, so that was good. But they really weren't good in other ways, but at least it fixed the arm pump. So that's where they're behind, and that's what they're trying to fix. That's what they're trying to make progress on. It's just every team has had this push and pull with these yeah, forks the last couple of years. Yeah, Kenny made a uh, comment about his air forks that probably won't get anybody too happy with KYB or, or Suzuki or anybody else. 
He's like, oh, I'm the only guy on Air Force out there, and they change, and they, they, you know, they haven't tested, and blah, blah, blah. And then the next moto, he, he was much closer. So I guess they made some adjustments. I doubt they threw on a spring fork, but they did something. Um, you know, so, yeah, there was a little bit of that. But Kenny's Air Force has been working pretty well outside of one moto at Glen Helen. So, um, the track was quite a bit different, though. I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm a bit in the middle. Like, I'm not like, yeah, Kenny's totally right, and I'm not – on as far as you go, where it's just like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. You, you know, it's bike's fine. I'm somewhere in the middle, I think, where it probably did, uh, you know, on a track where it's that rough and there aren't that many bumps, it's, the forks are going to pump up more. Like, that's just yeah, how they, they work. they do change, absolutely. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So I, I think he was feeling that and not loving it. That's I, I feel like he gave up in, in the first moto. He was frustrated with, I think, his bike started changing and he didn't like it and he hasn't been used to that. And I think... It's in his head that Eli doesn't have that mm-hmm. you know, to deal with. And when he went by him, he, he instantly goes to, oh, it's not fair. It's not fair. He, his, bike, his forks aren't pumping up like mine are. Yeah. So I think he just, he basically just quit is how I saw it. And then the second moto, I think it, you know, whatever they changed, it wasn't quite as bad. And he, he kind of saw it in the tunnel and kept mm-hmm. trying. But I think it was one of those things where his, he let them, his mind get the best of him, where he's just like, screw this. I'm having to deal with something that Eli's not having to deal with, so whatever. He's just going to have this moto because his effort went to zero, basically. You know, he was just kind of riding around, and you know, Marvin cut into his gap quite a bit. And I'm sure he saw Marvin, which is kind of managing it, but he definitely looks like he was very mm-hmm. frustrated in the first moto. Uh, Pike rode well, seven four. We each had happy. Yeah, that was strong. Uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, good job by him. Marvin three seven. Benny Bloss eight six. Benny Bloss. Yeah. Wow. Good it's job. Really happening here. Hey, he's six foot five, six foot eight. On a- I had a feeling he was going to do well with this race, and I even said that in the in the fantasy podcast we do, the inside fantasy podcast we do. I felt like he was going to do well, and I don't know if, if it's because he has, you know, in the stand having a, a lot of leverage helps quite a bit. It can hurt you too because you stand up and sit down so much. Yeah, but I just had a feeling he was going to do well, and I have no idea why. I don't have any insider knowledge of him being great in the stand or something. I just had a feeling, and I didn't think he was going to go eight six. Don't get me wrong, but man, that was that was incredible. Like great, great job for him. I mean, he was passing guys that I'm sure when they passed when he passed them, they were probably like panic buttons, you know. Like, but yeah, great job. Yeah, beat his two teammates, Brayton and Short. I think he passed both of them. Passed both. Yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so rode great. Um, Wyndham always told me that it was more work. He he was never good at Southwick and. One of Wyndham's things was I got to sit down and stand up so much. It was so much, it's so much harder on me. Yeah, I think it's both. I mean, yeah, I exactly. think you have a little bit more leverage in certain spots um, with the big bumps and uh, putting weight over the front sometimes. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I, I think the the effort level is probably much more for a target too. Uh, Porcel five five on the day. Good good job by him. He got screwed. Go five five for six overall. Jeez. Uh, rough go on that. Um, Tickle came from the back both motos. Sir, he didn't back up his two podiums, Weege, but he was good. Yeah, they uh, talked to the team after. They said that uh, that's just not a specialty track of his. So the starts were bad, and that really ruined him. But they didn't expect him necessarily to be as good as he was in the last two. But let's, otherwise, no no panic. Let's talk about the qualifying and the practices. I, I'm not one of these guys. I'm usually one of these guys like, ah, screw the factories. They got all the advantages. Like, and they do. The factory guys have a lot of advantages, but I, I'm thinking they got to do something different. They used to just take the times from the second practice because the track changes so much at at, uh, at Southwick. 
but they haven't done that for a number of years. And we had Tim Trombley fourth, Robbie Marshall fifth, Dakota Tedder sixth, uh, Shane Kelleher, uh, Austin Phelps, Jeremy Smith, Justin Rando. Um, and it's because the track is glass smooth for the first 450 practice. The 450s went first, so the track was super smooth. These dudes just pinned it. And Matt Bichelia goes to the LCQ, Tyler Bowers goes to the LCQ, and and I mean, I guess, I don't know. Like, what do you think, JT? Like, I think these teams have a, have a little bit of a valid complaint. I think they do. I think you're right that there's a valid complaint. But I would also say that at the other races, that the privateer guys have a valid complaint, too. So, man, I'm torn on this because I've been, I've been in the LCQ at this race because of this very thing. And I, and I went out there and won the LCQ and, and life goes on. But I've been the I've been the guy in the truck complaining about it's so not fair. Like I'm you know 12th in points or whatever, 14th point, whatever the number is, and now I'm just battling to get into this race because of circumstances. But if you go to uh, just a random race, and, and I know it's based off of your points, so you earn you earn your right to be in the seat of practice. I totally get yeah, that. Yeah. But for these other guys, the track after you know if, it, if the 250 class has gone out first, they're the fourth practice out there. And sometimes the track's already beat up. You know, the 450A guys just put 15-minute moto on it, and now they have to go out in their own 15-minute moto and try to beat those times, and, and it's just an uphill battle. So I'm okay with it in this one scenario because I feel like they, you know, the, the guys on the outside deal with it 11 other rounds. But I can certainly understand firsthand the frustration yeah. that a guy like Matt Bichelli and Tyler Bowers felt. You know, I get it. Um, but luckily, there's only two guys. But none of these tracks. But starting position, you know, uh, um, Benny Bloss goes to the line 27th. Brayton goes 31st to the yep. first Moto Gate pick on a start that's tight and it's a hairpin back. Um, you know, so I don't know. Weege, what was the? I understand your point. What were people sure. saying? What were, were people upset? Weege, big time, big time, big dollar people upset. Uh, I didn't hear so much from the factories, I think, because they just know that's just the way it's going to be, and it was pretty clear from the start. Where I think you had the issue was, like, these borderline dudes, these, you know, the privateers who are racing and are decent every week and are generally in that A practice, suddenly really wanted to be in the B practice this week. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. the obvious threat was, all right, well, then you're going to be in the B practice in Millville and everywhere else. And then they weren't happy about that. So I think that became the issue, those uh, – Privateers, but you know, on privateer good good teams, not local dudes. That uh, they were the ones that were really, I think, stuck in the void. The factories, I don't know. As uh, Langston said, <laughs> you just got to make it happen. That's, that was that was his theory. Yeah, you got to uh, figure it out. <laughs> I get it. Well, how about hey? How about yeah. uh, Stewie's? Stewie's not even there. And Yoshizuki just gets steamrolled. Bichelia doesn't make it, crashes when he's leading the LCQ. Baggett crashes in the first moto, doesn't race the second one. They were uh, they didn't have a good day. Long way to go for a bad day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. those Baggett's guys uh, crashed the practice too bad. Good. It was good, No, I was just gonna I was just gonna add to your point that honestly if you're at that level and you are a factory level guy, and I know there are some gray areas in there, um, guys that are on support teams that aren't, you know, they're not Ken Roxon. Uh, but man, you just—that's those are the times when you got to grit your teeth and do it. And I, even my last year in 2012, I was not good. I was not good at all. My effort level wasn't there. My head wasn't in it. No, it wasn't. I still, I still went out there and did it. You know, I was not in the, in the good practice. I was in the, the seated practice, 
and I went out there and, and got in the race. I think I was like 31st or 32nd, just like Justin Braden was this weekend. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where you have to deal with the adversity, and no one no one loves it. Like, yeah. Trust me, no one's excited. Everyone on Friday night knew what they were up against and knew their time was probably going to be not great and whatever. You just got to do it. It's, yeah. just, uh, it's <laughs> just like, you know, the, the top guys still went out and set the best time. You know, I, I know the track wasn't perfect, but right. um, I, I do think there is a reason to gripe. I just don't know we- that there's a perfect answer for it. It used to be the second practice only counted, but then I think like guys were saying, well, I had a bike issue or something and I didn't qualify or, or something like that. Well, know? Andrew Short, that's exactly what happened to Andrew Short. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, um, he got in for the because of uh, top 10 in points or whatever, but uh, right, yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things. I was surprised. See, it was, I, can, yeah. I can tell you, though, if you, and I don't think this is the answer either because it's going to kill the enthusiasm of the fans. If you flip that, if you flip the script, you're going to have zero local guys in the race. Yeah, Absolutely yeah, yeah. zero. Yeah. However many they take, into, okay. however many are in the seated practice are going into the race. That's it. How about this idea? Are you ready for this? How about this idea? There was 90 guys entered. Okay? Wow. 90. All right? So, in, in one class? Yeah, in 450s. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so here we go. Veronica Beach Race. 90 guys. Go. <laughs> go. <laughs> Dude, just go. Here we go. I know there's gonna. I know. Yeah, you got a lot of lappers, Kenny, and everybody else. But everyone's got the same track. There's gonna be big injuries. (laughs) You got a lot of questions answered. (laughs) I'd like to see 90 guys on Southwick. (laughs) I'd just like to see that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Um, yeah. Can you fit 90 uh, in that? that, So you could, I guess, put double gates to make it 80 gates wide. But that first turn, how many bikes? Literally, handlebar to handlebar is a fit. Eight. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, not saying narrow. for the mo- I'm not saying for the motos. I'm saying practice, practice. Ninety guys. Oh, yeah, yeah not oh, for a time lap. Oh my gosh, you would see someone. Someone would be fist fighting on the track because of trying to get their lap in, and, <laughs> and ninety guys trying to be in the way. Pike has like fourteen privateers by the neck, just grabbing yeah. them and throwing <laughs> them over. The- <laughs> he would commit at least ten felonies. Um, I'm just saying, ninety guys, go get a lap. Go on, go. The track will be open for half an hour. You know. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyways, uh, okay, what else? Uh, yeah, good job by Bloss. Um, Chisholm was good and uh, screwed me in my fantasy. I should have known better, even though he qualified 35th. Phil had another DNF. I think that's three DNFs and four motos for Phil. Was he? How was he yeah. after the race? Why well, can't? Uh, it's typical. Poor Phil. I mean, I literally, you can just literally start the conversation with poor Phil, and, like, everyone knows exactly where to go with it. They know what happened, you know. It's not like, why would it happen this time? Like, yep, yeah, something unfortunate happened to him. <laughs> Again, the amount of problems, I think a lot of it is tracing to uh, some ignition issues. There's been some other things to the bikes, like Barsha's bike literally blew at uh, Muddy Creek, but uh, it's been a very frustrating year for those guys with yeah, this weirdo thing that they're trying to get the bike to. This is the problem when you have these ignition issues, which every team has gone through. It only does it in, like, this perfect circumstance, right? And then 10 minutes later, the bike fires back up. And then you're trying to figure yeah. out what it was that did it. So that's what they're yeah. They, uh, heads against the they wall. Bro- they broke a chain too. They're a lot of DNFs for a top level factory team. Too many. Oh, oh too yeah. Too many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. I've been there. You know, and yeah, you can't you can't do that. You can't be doing that. Um, and I'm yeah. sure they're working hard at it. I'm sure they know that. Hey, Cole Martinez, thirteen twelve. Good job by him. Uh, the Arizona native. Huh? Good in the sand. Yeah, of course. Uh, Robbie Marshall, absolutely. You you screwed JT. Weege, I hope you're happy. Yeah. Robbie Marshall was a top player in fantasy, and 
we each gave exactly the speech that he gave that he got from Robbie Marshall and JT. You're still you're still upset. No, I'm not. I you know what? I asked Weege. Weege gave me the info he had. Yeah. Um, I just it it didn't turn out at all the way that Robbie thought it was going to turn out. So. <laughs> <laughs> How is that why it's fault? Like it's not. It's not. I needed someone. Weege was the reason I changed. That was why I blamed Weege. I I retracted my anger. Um, I'm not mad at Weege. I'm okay. mad that I okay. took advice that turned out to not to be correct. Which we always did was met. You know, all Weege did was say I talked did. to Robbie Marshall, and here's what he right. said. That was, and I'm just mad because I followed it, and, and it wasn't. Robbie was wrong about you how would, he was <laughs> If you had told me that he had a 20 handicap, so even if he got 30th, you w- it would have been halfway decent, right? Um, if he was going to go 30-30, I would not have picked him. That's, that was And that was what I was hoping for. If he goes 30-30, there were better picks than that. So that, that's but it wouldn't have been a disaster. No, it wouldn't but have been a disaster. 30th wouldn't have been, have been a disaster. Right. Had I had known that and just known if Robbie Marshall at Southwick, I still probably would have been like, I don't know, hedge your bets. He'll probably get 30th almost no matter what. Mm-hmm. And he, he, you never know. Maybe there's a chance he does better. I mean, what he told me was he was just hoping to even qualify. And he figures, I'm going to ride a two-stroke because it'll be badass and people will cheer and it'll be fun. He goes, I'll just get tired. Anyway. I'll get less tired on it. And what difference does it make? What, is it going to be the difference between 29th and 30th? Who cares? Uh, yeah. He, he, yeah. He was right in uh, one way. but uh, The ultimate difference others. maker. <laughs> the ultimate difference maker of why I – went the direction I did. And I don't want to turn this into a fantasy show. The ultimate difference was I I screwed up, and I was hoping he was going to pull off. I didn't think he had 32, 30-minute motos in him at all. So had I known he had that at all, then I, I leave yeah. it in because there were so many okay. guys in that race that had never raced the national before that I should have known better. There were like 17 or 15 or whatever guys that had probably never raced one national or maybe one, one in their life. Uh, well, Robbie's done this. He's Are you been, telling me that Richie Tolman Moshkot doesn't have a lot of experience on the Nationals big, level? Big name in the sport there, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, it's my, it was my fault. I, I should have known better and known that Robbie Marshall was better than he even thought he was. My we, fault. Weej, I got hit up by somebody on Twitter and on Facebook, very upset that you did not mention Ryan Dowd, Junkyard's kid. I'm not sure what you were supposed to do, but he went 25-21. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't even. Yeah. It, it was. Uh, there's. I don't know if anyone noticed, but the uh, last three laps of that 450 motor were pretty darn furious, and we were watching the battle of death between uh, Tomac and uh, Rock. Yeah. So I didn't really have time to check. About time you give some locals Sorry. some love. Now, uh, uh, yeah. did you talk to Junkyard or KJ? And were they were they excited? Were they, or were they nervous about the no, day? No, I didn't see him over the weekend. Okay. I, I talked to Dowd. I did an interview with him on Wednesday. I talked yeah, to him quite yeah. a bit then. Yeah. And I talked to him actually and Ryan at uh, his son at uh, High Point for a while, knowing that this was coming and Ryan was right. getting ready. Uh, I don't understand it's possible, but Ryan Dowd is running 776, which is what the number that John ran when he was – that was his first uh, yes. pro number. Yes. And they swear that that's a complete coincidence. Yep. Dowdy no told, one can explain yeah. this. Dowdy told me the same thing. They swear that it was not asked for. I'm like, There's stop no way. it. Stop it. Yes, Doris. You Doris, no, Doris that are not taken. Doris, and it's one of the six hundred. <laughs> Doris knew. She knew. She's down there at the AMA. Doris knew. Yeah, she knows. Yeah. Uh, Bauer. I'm by by uh, Dowson. I mean, that, that is that is impressive. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Bowers went from the LCQ to seventeen uh, fourteen. 
not bad. Nick Way, I was talking to Nick Way today, and I don't know how true this is, but I'll put it in the podcast anyways. He said that the Cowie guys thought Bowers made it, so they were all just chilling. And he was like, are you guys going on the line? Or, you know, are you worried about this LCQ? And they were like, huh? And he was like, you got an LCQ, son. And everybody was a fire drill from there. <laughs> I don't know how, how true that is. I'll have to follow up with that. But Nick said, if it wasn't for me, if it wasn't for me, I was no one would have known. <laughs> That's awesome. So, That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right, what else? Um, anything else from the opener uh, uh, from the Southwick? From, I mean, from the 450s? Yeah, from the 450s. You know, it's, what's interesting, and this probably goes back to what you're saying, JT, about these guys who had never run They've been in a, a 30 plus two at that pace before and how rough that track is. The lappers on the last few laps when Tomac and Roxham were slicing through, they were the tiredest lappers <laughs> I feel like I've ever seen. They just looked so tired, which I thought was a great – that made for a great show to show how good Roxham and Tomac are. Like the other dudes were like the second motor. They were done. It was – yeah, it was an excellent testament to the how tough the sport is. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, there was a lot of them, and and like I, I tweeted this too. Like Southwick isn't, it's not very wide. I don't know if people realize that it's it's pretty tight. Um, right, JT? Do you, do you, when yeah, you, when, no, it, it when, definitely isn't. And when you factor in the amount of usable track, it becomes even more narrow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Tim Trombley, Snowcross. Qualified well. He would if his bike hadn't broken. He probably would have went fifteen, thirteen, twelve, thirteen on the day. Another one of those guys where people are like, "Huh? Who is this dude?" So, don't know if we'll ever see him again. I don't know. Maybe he brings his snowmobile out. Uh, Andrew Short, eleven, eleven. So, BTO team, JT, three guys in the top ten. Yeah, that's strong. I mean, that's yeah. that's the kind of weekend you're hoping for if you're Forrest Butler. Yeah. They've been uh, few and far between this summer, but got a, had to be a smile on his face. Got a press release that Pirelli had five out of the top ten. Good job, wow. Pirelli guys, noticing yeah. that. So, um, Any talk of Stu, Weege? Any Stu talk? Jeez, uh, uh, this is such a weird situation. Yes, there is. There was actually was, because I went over to check with the, because uh, I heard back it might be out for the second moto, and I went over, we had a half-hour break we don't normally have, so I went over to check it with Oh, the, you got out of the trailer. Yeah, you got out. Yeah, yeah wow. we had a half hour, and I was like, well, I want to start talking to people. And uh, that's when I sent you guys the photo of the truck already packed up. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're, we're out of here. So I'm like, I just bagged it out. And I was like, man, uh, it, it was cloudy all day. There was, the sun never, there was not a hint of sunshine, even for one minute throughout the entire day. And uh, I'm like, this, is, this weather is for you guys. This is here for you, these clouds. And, uh, and then, I, but what I did hear is that something did go well for someone but I don't want to be officially announcing it, but we know that Stu was kind of waiting for something to happen in his personal life. He was waiting, waiting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it yeah, went, and it, it, it has now happened. It actually happened. Okay, so, yeah, so now he wants to get back so on the I track. this means he can get back out there, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so maybe Stu soon. That has been clear. Here. Uh, they thought Bichelia had broken a rib, but apparently I, I think Bichelia, I guess Instagram is not. So, yeah, I guess he'd be ready, but uh, Stu is waiting for something to happen, and it's now happened. Does I hope everybody knows what that is. I don't want to be the one to officially announce this. Does Stu <laughs> get 25 points to keep his number? <laughs> this is a real question. This is a real serious question right now. Wait, didn't he get – he got a result in a Supercross, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he got uh, four, seven points. 
Yeah, you got 14th in Atlanta. Oh, four. Oh, Seven points. That Atlanta one was the best, huh? <laughs> that's the high mark. Does Stu, uh, does, does he get 25 points? That's, that's the question. Stu, Stu was a factor in the win, but not on that. He wasn't in the race for the win in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, he was right neither there. One, um, neither one of you are answering me. Does he? Does it, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, he, I haven't seen him really finish motos in a couple of years, so I don't know what to tell you. Would Dora? I feel like it's a moot point. Like, dude, the number's not being taken from him. Okay, well, that's my next question. Not. Would Doris take his no. number away? No. That's why there's no reason to answer this. It's irrelevant. Dude. But can you imagine if Cooper Webb just that's like, what plays the and just snatches it? Webb. Thank you very much. Webb would do that. Coop would do that. <laughs> I want seven. <laughs> Yeah. Would, would he change yeah, it? Would, would Stu have to change the, the the name of his gear brand? I think so. I think so. <laughs> hey, he, Maybe one seventeen or something. He could get uh, he could get two fifty nine back. Yeah. Why doesn't he? Hey, he tried to. I cannot see the AMA taking his number away, no matter what. It'll be two no. years without a number, though. It'll be two years without a points and without a number and. And all that, but uh, yeah, I mean, he comes back and he scores twenty five. I would, I would hope to God. But listen, I was never on the, I was never on the. The promoters are going to bend the PED rules for him and let him race because he sells tickets. I, was, I, I never thought that would happen, mm-hmm. and it ultimately did not. But I do believe when it comes to this, I would not be surprised if Feld and Exports both one or the other say. If James Stewart's going to race, can you just let him have his number? That's what the fans know him by. It would be a lot better for the show. <laughs> let him have a damn number. Yeah. Like, I think that time they might pull some strings. Like, uh, this Heath Harrison guy is starting to be something. He he would have gotten higher in the second moto had he not had to pull him. He had to pull a mechanics here. He still got 19th. Yeah. So, good job for Heath yeah. Harrison, JT. He right? was, I think, in yeah. ninth at one point in a moto. Yeah. Or eighth or ninth. Yeah, this guy's yeah. for real. So, yeah. um. What else? Uh, I think that's about it. 450 wise from Southwick, from the Wick. Um, this is the MotorcycleSuperstore.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Use PB Pulp 16 to uh, save yourself money. 10% off participating brands at uh, MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Support this podcast. Uh, listen to this commercial from Racetech. Use the code PulpMX16 to save yourself money at Racetech, whether it's uh, suspension oil or setup or uh, springs or anything else you need from the folks at Racetech. And also Michelin, Michelin Star Cross 5, brand new tire. Listen to these commercials. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back to uh, talk some more. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great, and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Racing Moto 60 show on Thursdays, the Pulp MX show on Mondays, the NFAB RacerX fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week. And at Motorcycle Superstore, they're a passionate team who speak moto from talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear. This is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands in gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. You want to save there. they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their in- inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-PULP16 to uh, 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16 saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and MotorcycleSuperstore.com. 
Thanks for listening. See you after the break. Race Tech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Race Tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Race Tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech High Performance Springs. These springs are called High Performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to Pulp MX 2015. When you order, you can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension and tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. Motorcycle Superstore, Racer X Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Uh, Weege, um, subscriptions are cheap. Please subscribe to the magazine, uh, or else we're going to stop doing these. Yeah, and you guys are uh, running out of time here to get the 50th anniversary of motocross issue with Savachi on the cover. It's got really cool, you know the cool story in there? Uh, all these old tracks that are gone, Saddleback, Indian Dunes, a couple tracks on the East Coast, too. Uh, B.J. Smith's like track down, you know, who owns it and what happened. And it was fascinating to me, a lot of them before my time. And suddenly I'm like, wow, this has, I think, a bigger impact on the industry and bike sales and everything than I had ever even thought about. So that's just an example of a story you will not ever read online. No. It's only in the magazine. Yes. And I have a story on Tim Geyser coming up. 
couple months or a month or however it works out. So subscribe, people. Okay, uh, 250s from Southwick on the uh, Motorcycle Superstore Racer X Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Uh, I, what did I say last week, Weege, when we were talking about 250s? What did I say? Uh, you watch. You watch. You watch. <laughs> Cooper Webb. He's coming. He's going to kick ass, and he's going to take names. And he might have won that first moto had it been a few laps longer. Coming from 10th or so to second. Second moto, led every lap. Got the whole shot, led every lap. 47 points on the day. Takes his third straight overall. He has a 37-point lead over Joey Savacci. And you watch. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I agreed last week that that I, I just couldn't see him. I mean, anything can happen, yes. But I thought once he got the points lead and there were problems to other people last week, I thought, I think that's it. I think he's going to win the title now. Um, so that's what I thought. I put it in Racerhead, but I just put the question out there. I'm never going to put an opinion that slanted right in Racerhead because then I'll have every other rider saying that I just, well, they're probably saying being paid by Cooper Webb to say good things about him. No one would but, say that. No one would ever no, say that. I, that's probably ridiculous. No, yes. but, no I agree with you. I, I just thought. He got healthy. This is the only question mark left. I'm like, I wonder if he's good or sad. Well, holy crap. <laughs> he is. Um, yeah, great ride in the first moto. The first moto might have been even better than the second moto. Because um, his fitness caught in, and, uh, yeah, he was good. Uh, what do you think, JT? Yeah, I, I officially retract my objection to you saying that he's going to run away with this thing. I'm, I'm officially all in. Well, so, okay, wait. If you've, got room, if you've got room on your bandwagon, I will... It's you watch. No, you don't. We don't have any room. You beat it. Um, but having said that, this weekend is Millville. He might lose, right? He might lose, but it's it's the, the writing's on the wall for this title. He he went three one last year there. Uh, so he beat the Martin brothers. He did in the second moto. Um, yeah, uh, J Mart continued for good good job for the first moto. Second moto. Did you guys see? Was he? Did he have, like, uh, weights in his boots? What happened to him trying to get back to his bike? Did you notice how slow it took him to get I think get he back? was just frustrated. I think he was frustrated. You think that was it? You think he was just like, oh, yeah. my God, I can't believe it? Yeah, well, I think he was probably tired, too. Because yeah, of course. Yeah. People's heart rate spiking when you crash, and the heat catches up to you is, is underrated. I don't think many people know how that it kind of gets to you, like, really bad. Um, and I think he was just probably just like, what else can go wrong this summer? Also, in that moment, last week he had the, his crash. Last week um, was the same body English uh, getting up or body language getting up, whatever language it might be. Uh, <laughs> and I thought the same thing. And he told me he's like, "No, if the bike lays down on the left side and I'm trying to hold the clutch in, I'm too short to pick it up with my arm on the. I'm too short to be on the right side of the bike, have my arm on the left side, pick it up, and swing my leg over all together mm. when it's in the dirt." So as soon as he fell in that position again, I'm like, oh, crap, he's on the right side of the bike. He has to have his left hand on the bar. And plus, yes, he's probably frustrated and tired. But I will say I talked to him after the race, and he had more spunk, more attitude, reminded me more of the guy that I talked to last year. And he told me, I don't know if this is for the record, but it's going to be now. I know he was in fourth and Webb was in the lead, but he told me he felt he had that moto. Now, I don't know if that's realistic or not, but that's the way he at least thought, which really? I don't okay. know if he had that. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, it was, if he would have, but I also don't think he would have felt that thought that said that. 
uh, <laughs> earlier in the year. Right, right. So he at least seems to be thinking whatever issue he has. He must feel like he's getting stronger. So it's really going to be, and he's frustrated. I know, like he's like, man, I need to. He's getting away from us. He's getting away from us. I need to. I can't let him get away from us in points. So I feel like it's really going to be a war this weekend because you know Webb would love nothing more than to beat those oh, two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so this is going to be interesting. Yeah, it. Uh... That's a great job by, by, by Webb, for sure. Um, now, did I see right that Tonus had third overall into the last lap? I think mechanic, Primo, put that on, a, on social media, that Tonus had third overall into the last lap when he crashed and he got eighth. Was that, was that true? Did, did, That's true. Yeah. yeah. Good job for Tonus. Was it the last lap? I knew he had. He was in the overall the whole time, but I didn't know. Was it the very last lap? Hold on. I'm looking I right believe here. it was. I uh, believe it was. Oh, wow. 66. He was fourth on the last lap. Yeah. One, two, three, yeah. four. One, two, three. Four. No, second last lap. 15th lap out of 16. He uh, he went he went missing. So okay. he, he yeah. was in fourth place. Yeah. Um, yep. So he would have went he would have went uh, three four on the day. Arno Tonis. Uh, Forkner ended up getting third overall. Nice job by him. Amart. It seemed like Amart starts doomed him. Weege, I know you talked to him after the race. Yeah. Uh, Amart, he's finally at the level now where he knows how to uh, truly treat the media. So it's going to change now, Steve. I hate to say it. Oh, uh, yeah. I talked to him and Jeremy a bit on Saturday morning. Everything was good. They were pumped. And then on the podium after the second moto, Amart on TV says, yeah, I was so nervous this weekend. Huge crash on Thursday. Didn't know how this was going to go. And I was like, I said, hey, kudos to you. Everything's fine before the race, after the race. Now the truth comes out. Like That's, <laughs> that's how the pros do it. <laughs> that's taking a page out of the professional's book. That's just how this works. Yeah, that's bullshit. Um, that's bullshit. I know you hate that. I know you hate that. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, now yeah, he's yeah. figured out the game everybody else plays. <laughs> um, Osborne, Osborne starts doomed him in. Um, yeah. I have no doubt about that. And uh, Plessinger was all right, too. Good to see that Aaron was uh, is, is still all right. Uh, Savachi surprised me, huh, JT? Like, he's been so solid. And we talked about that crash taking the wind out of his sails, and I guess it did because the guy's in killer shape. And he, you know, obviously he crashed in the second moto. But, yeah, maybe that crash last week did kind of take the uh, – a, a la Chad Reed at the Chatapult. You know, something like that just kind of just stops your momentum. Yeah, it certainly wasn't uh, the bounce back weekend he needed at all. No. Um, he came in 11 points down and uh, – you know, if he comes in there and makes a statement and beats Webb, maybe even not both motos, but take, take some of the points back, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, sends a shot across Webb's bow, like, hey, this thing's far from over. But, yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't anything in that realm. It was more of <laughs> Webb no. just gaining more and more confidence. So, um, yeah, tough weekend, tough uh, few weeks here for Joey Savacci camp. I'm really surprised, Weege, that Forkner podiumed. He, you said on the broadcast that he had said he'd never been there before. Yeah, I talked to his parents that morning, and they even got lost trying to find the track because, as anyone who's been there before would know, you would never think there's a motocross track <laughs> no, there. No, you know, yeah, you don't normally turn where you should. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, he was fastest in the, uh, qualifying overall. He was second in the second session, so that wasn't a fluke, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess he's just good on sand. Although, the the strange thing about going back to what I said at the very beginning of this. 
everyone was, you know, d- d- pounding their gnarly soundtrack somewhere. He was at Rainer's dad's house with Blossom and Bogle and all those guys. Hampshire was riding with AC and Roxanne down in Florida. Guys were at Club MX. But then all of them say, but this isn't Sandy like that. It's not, it's different. So even saying he knows how to ride the sand doesn't account for figuring this unique place out like he did. Uh, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Great job by him. Yeah. Um, oh, and on that topic, I talked to Tonus also. And I was like, is this, uh, let me guess, you raced GPs, you probably rode a ton of sand. And he's like, yeah, but this is still nothing like any of the sand tracks I rode. So he actually, Tonus feels like this is more like, I think I'm actually good and strong again now on any track. It's not just the sand. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's reserve your judgment. Let's let's reconvene after Millville and see see about that. Uh, JT, Shane McElrath led laps in the first moto. Uh, second moto, he ran third forever, and on the last lap with what, maybe two turns to go? Did, wasn't it just the left, and then uh, maybe it was more than that, but dude, McElrath. Basically left, left, right, and then that's it. McElrath ate poop. That was ugly. His wrist brace blew off. Oh. Jeez. Dude, it was nasty. And now he's got yeah. like lung and ribs and issues, right? You guys see that? I think he, uh, yeah, I think he's mostly okay. But I, I mean, he got broken ribs, and but as far as like serious stuff where he's right. got to have work done, I think he's okay. But that was ugly. Anytime your wrist brace blows off like that, it's not good. It's not good. It's like you're, it's like, it's like you explode. Um, so did you watch the slow mo of that crash? He almost crashed like four times before he actually crashed. Yeah, well, that's what happens. You know what? That's what happens when Amart's coming. When Amart, well, I mean, he was going for it, which when, I can I can appreciate. When Amart is on you, you are powerless. I think even well, in slow motion, probably looked normal speed. Like the, he probably looked normal in slow mo. He was coming into that corner so ridiculously fast. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know much, I mean, you know how many times they've probably battled at Club MX too, like over the years, <laughs> last few years. Right. That'd be brutal. Um. Man, hopefully he's all right. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he's okay. Um, oh, well, you know, like you said, yeah, as good as he is, anyways. Um, so it's down to one guy. Are they gonna have well the entire factory case? No, Nelson should Nelson Nelson should be Nelson Hill should be back this weekend. Oh, okay. I'm gonna That's not. I'm not gonna stamp the Justin Hill thing, but maybe. Um, Luke Reslin is good. New Jersey's own Weege. Finally, twelve nine, eighth yeah. overall. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he. I talked to him a bit. He did say he did actually ride there a lot, so he did think that gave him an advantage. But he's giving huge shout outs to his riding coach Gary Bailey. So there you go. I, I saw Gary around. And I was like, I wonder who Gary's working with these these days. And mm-hmm. Renslin, Renslin said it's actually that's why he feels the last few weeks like he's finally starting to use some of the habits. Finally starting mm-hmm. to sink in. So. Uh, moving he's on. Around. Moving on. Uh, what happened to Cincerello, the second moto? Just tired? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 19th, right? Yeah, I got a, I got an unanswered text also where I said, what happened? So, oh. um, uh, and Dakota's let me down a little bit, JT. He's been racing there and riding there, and, like, he's not a solid, like, national motocross rider. Jimmy D isn't. But 25-15, I mean, I, I guess he crashed in the first moto. Still, I, yeah, he I, was running up, uh, and you know, and, and all of these things are fantasy relevant, of course. You know, that's why I was watching Dakota closer than most were. 
but he was up there in, in kind of that same 15th or so spot and then had a crash. And then he actually, you know, came back to 25th, which isn't, I know that's not success by any means. But, yeah, I thought he would do better. I would think, I would, I would think he'd be a solid 10 to 13 place guy. I was, I was saying 9 to 12. Yeah, that, yeah. That's where I thought he would fall in right. that line. Like, with some of his other guys, guys, like, I thought he would be, like, where Hampshire is and those guys. And he just, he seemed just a touch off that. I talked to him. He said uh, he miscalculated. He thought he, he says he shouldn't have tried not riding with anybody and not doing any races and just showing up here. He thought it would be an advantage. And he's like, as soon as that moto started, he's like, I don't have it. Like, this is so much more intense than any of the riding I've been doing. Uh, so I think he's going to go down the south of the border now to fix that. So it seemed like just it's, going south, okay. south, 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 was going to work. But it I'm, didn't. I'm confused about his program. Is he in with the team for the rest of the year? Well, okay, in the morning, he said yes. And then when I saw him after the race, he was like, at least in, at least the next toe. Okay. <laughs> uh, at least the next toe. Where All right, was, Greg coming back, so at least the next toe. Next toe. Me and Robbie Marshall. <laughs> uh, hey, what, yeah. what happened to Jordan Smith? What's wrong with Jordan Smith? Oh, uh, Thursday, uh, hurt his shoulder. Uh, doesn't sound like it's super bad. I don't know oh, if he'll be back this weekend, but he'll be back at some point. But yeah, late, late scratch. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't didn't know anything about it till I didn't see him qualifying at all. So, um, all right. Um, what else? Marty Davalos had a good second moto. Ham- Hampshire, all right. Mitchell Harrison, all right. Um, what else? Uh, I thought Hampshire would be better. I did. Yeah, yeah, maybe right. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't yeah. terrible, but I, I thought he would be in the top ten. I thought he'd be five to eight. Um, and he could be five to eight anyway on any track. But I just thought the sand would help him a bit. And right. Didn't seem to. Didn't seem to make a difference. What was your biggest surprise, Weege, being there? Do you think out of everything, just biggest surprise? Um, I, I, honestly, how similar everything was. But is it, are you allowed to be surprised by something not being surprising? Is that are you allowed to pick that? Sure. I'm surprised that nothing was different. Um, <laughs> beyond that, it was such a topic. It was such a topic, though, where, why isn't it sandier? Uh, and I'm trying to figure out. This is unfortunately, this is one of the sad parts of motocross. This is not a conscious decision by anyone to make it less sandy. This is Unadilla, all the great tracks have dealt with this. All the good dirt eventually gets washed in everybody's driveway over 40 years, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you can even just add sand in and, and, and fix that. I don't know if that's. But they. I don't know how you fix it. They did bring um, sand in. They did bring it in, right? They did, yeah. 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 So I don't know if it's like they said they brought in a thousand yards. I don't know. I've never worked in construction. I don't know if that's a lot. Me neither. I don't know if it's. Yeah. yeah. If you brought in 5,000 yards, does that fix it? Or is you just put it in and it's just blown into those berms and the insides are still uh, hard packed? So. It's just weird because I think everyone, so many of these guys can ride these super gnarly sand tracks somewhere, and they, there still really isn't technically one of them. And then at the Nations last year, still sting, a couple of years ago, still stings so bad, where you're like, oh, this is nothing like what these guys race on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it just is what it is. You just, you just never, you're never pumped, unfortunately, to hear a track that you know is cool and I know is good, and people say, man, it's just not quite. Uh, the surface isn't quite like it used to be. So yeah, yeah. that was, I think, what surprised people. But I think it was partially what surprised them just because they maybe forgot. I can't imagine it was much different than three years ago, the, the sand itself. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to have Ke- uh, Keith Johnson on the Pulp and Mech show Monday. Mm-hmm. So the next, when people yep. hear this, that, that, that night. So I'll ask him a little bit about that, too. So, um, 
Yeah, there was complaints. People were shocked. Like, uh, it got rougher, obviously, you know, between the first and second practices, but it didn't get as – like, that mechanics area wasn't a whoop section like it kind of used to be. Yeah. But I will say, again, you watched Tomac and Roxton in those last couple of furious laps. It looked pretty effing rough by then. Oh, it totally did. Absolutely. And then, yeah. the, two, then, and then the two fifties had to go after, you know? Oh, um, yeah, it was crazy. So it did get rough eventually. I think it just wasn't forming up like people had been envisioning it. Uh, I guess because it's three years of we're finally going to have a sand track. Uh, South Park's kind of its own thing. Tomac, I, I noticed Tomac. I, I, I don't know if I put this on our group text or not, but Tomac was like pulling giant wheelies and setting his front end down more so than than uh, than Roxon, I thought. JT, what would you think? Yeah, but I think that's kind of CY's style. He does that all the time. Like at, um, at Redbutt, climbing up the into Talladega turn, whatever that turn's called, he like wheelies up that thing, and yeah. he's always kind of hopping around and wheeling and bumps and doing that kind of thing. So yeah, uh, I think it's just more of his style. Yeah, he kind of kind of does right off the back a little bit, but I thought like sometimes coming in those turns, he just wheelie and set it down over a sand whip, touchdown, get up, you know, so. You know who was doing that really, really well um, that I noticed was that doesn't do it all the time is was Webb. He was jumping bumps and he had a pretty good rhythm. Like he was by like, coming over some of the drop offs and jumping two and three whoops into the turns and he had some yeah. pretty cool stuff going on too. You watch, you watch. I'm I'm watching. Um, I stand corrected. I, I'll give you some credit. How was uh, how was Webb at the press conference? Weech, happy to be there. Or did you have a flight to catch? Oh, sorry, I was on mute there. Um. Everything seems fine right now. Let's put it that way. I think this is the classic winning solves everything. Yeah. Yeah, really, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? Southwick? We didn't do a word of the day last week. Do we want to do another we one? we got to do it. What? Yes, we got to do this. People are disappointed. You're, you're, well, you're so damn good at it, Wygant. Yeah, but, okay, this is where we always go off the tracks. Is it supposed to be like a competition, or is it just supposed to be we do it and I say it and everybody recognizes it and that's cool? Like, what? Right. what's the problem? I guess you're right. Yeah, you got a point. So, yeah, I think people. I mean, as you know, man, Twitter lights up. Like people, yeah, people love oh, it. They do. Yeah, there was nothing this weekend, yeah. and I was getting it. I was getting questions, getting heat. From people. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you got one, JT? So, what about um? What about elephantitis? Whoa. I don't know. I don't know how you could do Hard. that. I just came up with that on top of my head right now, so I don't know. It's also good for my own uh, vocabulary uh, improvement. So yeah, do okay. some research. Remember, right. I didn't know what super copper was at one time. JT, you all right with that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. We have, you know, we still have a few weeks left to get. I can, if I come up with something else, I'll throw it in there at another race. Yeah, I put put both of you guys on the spot a little bit. I realized, so I was just thinking about it. Um, all right, uh, motorcycle superstore racer X podcast Southwick wrap up presented by Fox Racing. Go to motorcycle superstore if you need something. PB pulp sixteen. Uh, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Uh, thanks guys, appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk soon. See you. See you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget.
forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as the bad boy Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that air I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.